Welcome to the Pageant Planet Podcast. We are very excited about today's call, but before we begin the interview, we have Jesse Ledoux, our queen of coaching, with our product of the week. Jesse, tell us about the product that you discovered. This week, I am loving the Aria Pageant Earring by the Headshot Collection. The Headshot Collection is a really up-and-coming design series for all of your pageant accessory needs. And the Aria, it's about three inches long and is perfect for a formal appearance or on stage. Now, is there a certain system that this earring tends to go better towards, or should you use it in your headshot? Should you use it more for appearances? What's the context behind the earring? So I would definitely say these are appropriate for teen age groups and up. Um, probably anything younger, you're getting a little too flashy um, because of the size. They're they're fairly large, and they can really be worn pretty versatilely. Um, for headshots, like you said, they really draw the eye to the face, and they're intricate uh, and delicate at the same time. Yeah. And I mean, pageant earrings, again, you you just can't find them anywhere. I mean, you can't walk into like a Claire's and just say, I want this pageant earring because they have a certain look to them. So is this particular like the headshot collection? Is it made specifically for pageantry or is this just a kind of a division? Yeah, the designers actually came up with the collection after they were looking for pageant accessories and were having a difficult time nailing them down. So they're all handmade in the United States with materials, and they are so beautifully done. And what I like most about the Aria is it's dimensional. There's um, For the colored versions, they have a purple, a green, and a blue with a gold backing. And with those colors, they have different shades. Um, so there's a lot going on. It catches light really beautifully, um, again, for photographs and for stage and for appearances. There also is a uh, silver version with all clear stones too. So uh, it's really the perfect earring because you can wear it with so many different outfits and shades. Awesome. So what's the cost of that and like where can they find it? The Aria is $44.99. And when you think about how many times you can wear this earring, it is such a staple for your collection. It is so worth it. You can find it at shop.thepageantplanet.com and there's always free shipping. Now, Cost-wise, $44.99, is this a good cost for an earring? Is it a little bit on the higher end? Is it What is it? You know, if you were going to get a, a custom piece of jewelry created, it would cost in the hundreds. So $44.99 for this piece, which again, I think you could get so much use out of it, is, is really pretty affordable. Awesome. Okay, so the Aria, and you can get it at shop.thepageantplanet.com. Thanks so much, You got Jessie. it. Thank you. Welcome to the Pageant Planet Podcast, where we help you succeed in pageantry. Now, here's your host, Stephen Roddy. Emily Martin not only took the title of Teen Face of the Globe 2016, but she also raised $26,500 for the pageant charity Rainbow Child Foundation. Emily became the highest fundraiser her system has ever seen. As a result of this, 10% or $22,000 of of all the charity funds raised by the contestants went to support Emily's charity of choice, Beyond Blue. Emily is here today to share her knowledge and to give us great tips on how to raise money for our own platforms and charities. So Emily, welcome to the call. Hi, Stephen. Thank you for having me. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So first off, Congratulations on your success. This is, I mean, it's huge. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. So walk us through it. How did you get started? Um, let's start there. How did you get started? So to get started, 
with all my fundraising and everything, I made sure I researched my charity first. So I hopped on their Facebook page and had a look around on there and got to know a little bit about what they did. But then I also went on their website and pretty much pulled their website apart learning about them. So if ever anyone asks me any questions about why I'm fundraising for that particular charity, I can make sure I can answer them to the best of my ability. But I always started off small with bake sales and like selling cupcakes and things like that and then worked my way up to the big fundraisers. Okay, so when you got started, the very first area that you started was researching um, the company that you wanted to raise money for. Now, yes, did you just did did you just zero in on this one right away, or were there like ten that you were looking for, and then you researched them all, and then you decided, okay, I want to raise money for this particular one? Well, with Face of the Globe, they have a selected charity already, which is the Rainbow Child Foundation. So I knew which charity I was going to be fundraising for. But when it came to doing selecting who I wanted to give the 10% of all the money to, which would be similar to what you would do if you're in a system where you can choose your own charity, I made a list of all of the charities that I liked that I thought would use the money well and then went through and searched a little bit about each of them, made a short list and then made a short list again and then down to the final one and researched them completely again, and then obviously gave them the 10%. Amazing. So if someone has their charity in mind, whether it was gifted to them by the organization or they've decided it on their own, what's the very first steps that you took um, to start raising money? So to start off raising money after research would be to think of some smaller fundraisers that you can do. You obviously don't want to jump right in with a big one, but if you want to, you can go ahead and do that. But I think it's easier to ease yourself in with smaller fundraisers. So I chose like bake sales and selling cupcakes as my smaller starter off fundraisers. But obviously you could pick anything small, like you could have a raffle or something like that. Okay, so you start small. um, And then who do you connect with? How do you get the word out? So I'm going to use Base Drop as an example here, which is my biggest fundraiser that I had, my all-school social. So I planned that, and I obviously was going to need help for that. So I connected with DJs and other people. I connected with my local council. I'm not sure if you have council in the U.S. for local areas, but in Australia we do. So yeah, we do. Yeah, cool. Connected with my local council and my mayor and all of those people to help me build my platform and spread the word of it. I also connected with a local youth organization because the event was targeted around youth. But obviously, depending on your fundraiser and your charity is who you're going to try and connect with. So the Rainbow Child Foundation is based in the UK and I'm in Australia. So it's a little bit hard to try and connect with people involved in that charity because it's not commonly known in Australia. But if you have the charity of your choice in your country and there's people close to you, like if you're doing an animal shelter or something like that, you could go directly to the shelter and meet the people and make connections with them as well and find out what works best to fundraise for that charity, which would be another great thing to do. You can always make a phone call to the charity as well to connect with them. But having people that are going to help you the most in your fundraising are the best people that you can connect with. Now, okay, so you you make your list of the people that you want to contact after you decided what kind of fundraiser you're going to do. 
what should you say to them when you first approach them about building a partnership together? Yeah, so you can ask them like, oh, okay, so I have a fundraising event that I'm doing. This is what it is. This is I'm involved with this pageant system and it's all about this. And then I'm raising funds for this charity and it's all about this. Um, You can always ask. They might say no, but they also might not offer just money. They might offer things like uh, donations or their help in this case is what we're after. So, yeah, you just ask them, just approach them, tell them what you're doing, what your event is and what you need help with. Gotcha. Now, as a broad stroke statement, um, is it beneficial to attend events that your charity holds? Yes, if you can, definitely, because you get to meet others that are involved in that charity and you get to gain knowledge that you may not previously have had through your research. There's a lot of stuff that people just know that's not out on social media that can be given to you when you engage in conversation with these people. Gotcha. And then you also get to yeah you also get to network and make contacts and find out what events work best to raise funds for the charity. So it's definitely beneficial. Yeah, and and for the people you were at a disadvantage because you're all the way in Australia. Your charity was based in the UK, but for girls that have that local presence of their charity, yeah, certainly attend the events, see and and get to know the movers and shakers there because you can always call on them when you're doing your own events. Yes, right. that's very true. So on the on these smaller events, you, you you reached out to all these people, which was pretty amazing. Um, what did the donation structure look like? I, we'll go the small section first, and then we'll continue to ramp it up. So let's just say the cupcakes. I mean, you, you made a price on the on the cupcakes, and it was just come by the the cupcakes. Was there different package deals, like five dollars for the cupcakes and ten dollars? for a cupcake and a photo with me? I mean, was there packages or just a straight exchange? I I just sort of had a straight exchange to start off with. I baked a whole bunch of cupcakes, made them rainbow to represent the Rainbow Child Foundation, and I think we sold them for about $2 each. So we're just selling cupcakes, and then I gave some to my mum for her to take to her work and sell, and then some to my dad as well for him to take to his work and sell, so utilising family members there to help me fundraise. But... It definitely works to engage other people. But you could do packages. That's actually a really good idea that I've never thought of. So package deals would definitely be great. Gotcha. Now, um, since in the case of you, your charity didn't have events in your local area. So what are some of the other ways that you got involved with the organization out of the UK? Yeah, so this one was a little bit tricky for me, especially because of the time difference between Australia and the UK. It's not as easy as just picking up the phone and making a call. When I'm awake, they're asleep, and when they're asleep, I'm awake. So holding your own events is a great way to connect with them. You can send them emails and ask them questions as well. Contacting the charity and researching them as much as possible is probably the best way to get involved. And then, of course, if you have other contestants in your area attending their events that are raising funds for that charity as well, are probably the best ways I could see getting involved with them. Gotcha. Now, going back to your specific fundraising efforts, I don't think you raised $26,000 raising 
selling cupcakes? If so, you would be like the Betty Crocker Award. So talk to us about like the types of events you recommend girls create on their own to help raise funds. What was that question then, Stephen? You just broke up a little bit. Sorry. No, that's okay. So what type of events do you recommend girls create on their own to help raise money for their organization? Okay, so this one can be a little bit tricky. You wouldn't raise money, like you wouldn't hold a dog show if you're raising money for a cat shelter. So you've got to really choose what events you're going to do. So brainstorm and make a list of things that you think are relevant to your charity and things that you'd like to do. So you could do a charity ball, a bake sale, a raffle, family fun days, or holiday-themed events also work great. But you've got to remember that any fundraiser will raise money for the charity. But there are heaps of different options when it comes to creating a particular fundraiser. So the success of the event, though, it will depend on the target market, which is the people that you want to involve in that event. And then you can theme your event around the charity to draw in the people that will be most interested in that charity. So the people that are going to be more willing to donate to you. I I love that. I love that analogy. You can't raise money for like a dog shelter by going to a cat parade or it, vice versa. Yeah. You know, whatever, whatever it was that you said, that was perfect. Painted a great picture. Use yourself as an example to give us like to, to land the plane. What was it specifically that you used um, as an event to raise money for this particular organization? Okay, so I'm going to use my biggest fundraiser that I did, which is now turned into a small company and I'm employed to work by them, so it, it got really big really fast, which is Drop All School Social. Now, when I started that, I brainstormed a couple of ideas. I had, I think, a movie night and this All School Social that came down between. And we did run the movie night first and it wasn't as successful. So we went on to the all school social. The good thing about where I live is there are heaps of high schools and this particular event targets high school students. It's like a big disco kind of party, but a little bit more, I want to say interesting. There's like laser lights and smoke machines and guest DJs and all that kind of fun. Uh, So we targeted that particular area and I think, that's what made the event so successful was having those people. But then you've got to figure out how you're going to advertise the event and what people you're going to get involved, which we've already talked about. Right. So, I mean, how much did you charge for admission? How did you advertise it? Did you just make flyers and go to each school? And, um, yeah, and like, and how did you go about like actually reserving the event space? Because, I mean, that requires some money up front. Yeah, so we contacted a couple of different schools that we thought had large enough halls for us to hold them in. So one of the good things about all of the schools where I live is that they hire out their venues. And when we contacted the school and told them what was going on, they actually gave us the venue free of charge for the first event that I held. So that helped bring our expenses down. We booked in the hall. Um, admission for the first one, I think, was $10 that we charged. It's now increased to $15 just because of the size and cost of security. So they're all things that you need to factor in when you have events. And, yeah, I think that's probably about it. And then how much money did you raise off that one re- event, if you remember? Off of the first one, I think we raised about $6,000. It's amazing. So basically, 
I mean, you threw a, a high school party and you got yeah. paid, uh, your charity got paid six grand from it, which is amazing. Yeah. Now, is that 6000 um before expenses or after expenses? After expenses. That's amazing. I mean, even better. So, I mean, you didn't play small and you didn't go around and just basically go on store to store to ask people for money. You said, let me throw an event together and let's do this thing big, which is, it's amazing. And to give people, I mean, you're a teen, teen face of the globe. So to give people a gauge, how old are you? I'm 18. I just turned 18. But when I started my first base drop, I was only 16. See, no excuse for anybody raising money. 16-year-olds can do it. 21-year-olds can do it, etc. That's amazing. Yeah. Congratulations. Um, Thank you. So what, like, would you recommend taking advantage of, like, social media to help with your chari- charitable events? If so, like, how can you take advantage of it? So definitely take advantage of social media. Um, you can also take advantage of radio, newspaper, blogs. They all work really well, and you can double them as appearances. So talking about your pageant system and who you're fundraising for. But social media, making sure that you are posting lots. The more you post, if you post each day on Facebook, the more people will see it, whereas if you just post once a week. Um, In advance, if you're promoting your events, probably do it about four weeks beforehand, depending on the event. Like if you're running a charity pageant, make sure you're promoting that beforehand so you can get the contestants. But if you're doing something that just requires people to turn up to the event, you can do it, say, four weeks in advance. But social media can get a little tricky sometimes, especially if you have a page and then you click the top bar on your page and it brings up all of those statistics and stuff. That gets very confusing. But just know that if you post once a day on your Facebook page rather than weekly, more people will see your posts. Mm-hmm. Also utilizing – oh, sorry, Stephen. No, no, go. go right ahead. Go right ahead. Yeah. Also utilizing um, social media groups on Facebook. So I don't know if you've ever seen groups where if you search like buy, swap and sell in your local area, groups will come up. So if you get involved with those groups on Facebook as well as groups about charity events, groups to do with your charity and then groups to do with events on in your area, you can also then post your events in those groups on Facebook and more people will then see and then spread the word of your charity and your event. And I've also seen something else that's been successful and it's certainly not applicable across the board, but it's partnering with like another charity and telling them to bring their people to your event and those people are identified some way, whether it's they have a ticket or a wristband or something so that, or they just mention the organization when they're signing up and all of that revenue is split 50, 50, but whoever is hosting the event themselves, they keep a hundred percent unless somebody comes up and says, Oh yeah, we were recommended by XYZ charity and that charity. The only thing they have to do is recommend your event to their people and they make money. So some charities are, are like on board to do that. Um, That's a terrific idea. So like there's a lot of moving parts with this dance from decorating to DJs, coordinations and all that. Did yeah. you recruit others to help you? Um, and if so, like how did you approach them? What did you say? 
Yeah, so definitely had to recruit others, and that's one thing that you should always do with your events is get people to help you. Um, so I started off with friends and family, getting them involved to just be my helpers on the night, so to help work in the canteen and to just help supervise and keep an eye on everything. But we also then had to go and get the police involved, not for a bad reason, just to let them know that there was an event going on. Um, we got like local council members involved and then DJs and, yeah, DJs, smoke machine people, lighting people, heaps of different people all got involved. So when you approach those people, you can use social media to find them to start off with. So obviously before Bass Drop started, I knew no DJs. So I used Facebook and put up a post, does anybody know any good DJs that would be interested in this event? And I had a couple of people message me and then I worked out which DJ that I would like and then we had a meeting and we discussed our plans and everything and we secured him as our DJ. So things like that using social media, you could, I don't know if you have a phone book in the US or where you are, but using phone books to flick through and find businesses that you want to get involved, just you have to approach them. You have to go and talk to them and you have to tell them what it's all about and what you're doing and to get them involved. Now, when you're speaking with them, do you suggest face-to-face, a voice-to-ear phone call, like over social media? How did you do it? So face-to-face is probably the best method. Um, if you can't do face-to-face, then a phone call or a written letter often tend to be well-received as opposed to a message on Facebook. But if you do need to use digital media, then an email sending out that will be probably better than a Facebook message. But, yeah, definitely approaching them face-to-face is the best method, I would say. Okay, and so for for all these people and businesses that donated money to you, um, whether it's money or service, like in the past, do you recommend approaching them again for more funds in the future? Personally, I would say no, but keep them updated on your fundraising and approach them if you think they could assist in a future event you wish to hold. So they may be able to donate a venue or something that could help like goods or services. If you've got someone who's donated money in the past, I wouldn't suggest asking for money again. However, if they have donated goods and services in the past, they may be more willing to help. And if they have donated money, they also may be offered like they'd be willing to offer goods and services a second time. Yeah, I, I like that strategy. Now, are, are there fundraising strategies that you feel are more effective than others? And if so, what are those? My number one would probably be putting in time. So don't expect to raise thousands of dollars with an hour of work and a $2 idea. You have to carefully choose your event that best works with your target market or the people in your area and one that was going to work best for your charity and for you. That's my number one strategy. The reward you reap will be the effort you put in. One equals the other. So those are probably the best strategies is definitely just putting in the effort and working hard. But also other things could be don't copy other people's ideas. Be original. You will stand out when you're original. Um, One thing that I've actually am quite happy about is Base Drop or School Social that I start has now um, sparked a little disco frenzy, I want to say, in the pageant world. There's been lots of people running um, socials and discos to raise money for charity, which is fantastic because it's an event that works and lots of people are now reaping the success of that. 
but definitely put in the effort. Yeah, I agree with you there. But then there is also something to be said for coming up with your own thing. Um, you don't have to completely reinvent a wheel, but it needs to have your own personality to it. Um, yeah. And, you know, for some of our listeners, I'm going to kind of put you on the spot here. They might not be around high schools or maybe in a, in a large city at all. So how would you suggest that they start the brainstorming process to say, okay, this is the charity that I represent, but what's the best event to put on to raise the money? If you live in a smaller area, probably one of the best things to do is hop on Google and have a look for ways to fundraise online. So they could have an online photo competition. They could run things like that. Obviously, having bigger events is going to be harder if you live in a smaller area. Where I live is classed as rural as a smaller town, but there is quite a lot of people here. Um, definitely getting people involved. If you live in a smaller town, people tend to be more close-knit, so you're probably going to be beneficial when you ask for people directly for money. They might be more willing to donate because they would know about you and what you're doing. But smaller areas, I would suggest having a look online and searching for online fundraising ideas. That's great. Now, lastly, and I know girls are going to be curious about this. You started this off as a result of a pageant and to raise money for the organization. Now you've mm -hmm. flipped it and it's now your company. You're now employed by it and you're helping to raise even more money for more charities, et cetera. So Talk to us about how you made that transition into a, a full-time business. Okay, so Base Drop grew really quickly. We've seen almost 5,000 people through the doors since we started it last year. And it was getting a little too big for me to handle on my own when it comes to insurance and liability and all those kinds of things. There's lots of things to think about with this particular event. So we, the DJ that was doing our events, was very interested in taking it on. So he's taken it on now and I'm employed by him to do all of the social media and marketing work for Base Drop. And it works really well. You can, It still raises a lot of money and it still brings in a lot of kids. And one thing that's really great about it, I find, is that it teaches young children and youth how to party safely. That's one big issue we have in today's society as well is people and teens going out and getting drunk and doing drugs and all sorts of horrible things. And it's teaching them how to have fun in a safe and drug-free, alcohol-free environment. So it's not only just raising money for charities, it's also educating youth on good, healthy fun, I want to say. <laughs> That's probably the best way to describe it. Oh, my But gosh, it's still you yeah. guys even? No, 100%. I mean, it's a, it's a really, it's a great organization that you created. And, and I was there in London when, I mean, they revealed how much money that you made. And I mean, the crowd just went crazy. Um, yeah. They were so stoked about that. And I mean, Face of the Globe is just an amazing organization. Lucy's done great things. Um, as you, the insider to the organization, do you mind taking like, I don't know, 20 or 30 seconds and saying like what you like about representing Face of the Globe? 
Yeah, I love Face of the Globe, not just because it's a pageant and it's a competition, but because of how much work they do raising money for charities and helping other people. It helps build the confidence of girls from as little as I think it's five years old up to however old. There's no age limit on Face of the Globe. There's no height and weight restrictions, which make it a fantastic system to get involved in. And it's all about the friends and the sisterhood that you make, as in most pageants. It's about the community of girls and the great, fantastic friendships that you'll make. It's awesome. Now, I know that the girls listening can find out more about Face of the Globe by going to the pageant planet, going over the directory, clicking find a pageant. It's listed there. How else can they connect with you personally and the organization online? So Facebook, um, Face of the Globe has Facebook and it's at Face of the Globe. And I also have Facebook, which is Emily Martin, Teen Face of the Globe 2016. Face of the Globe have a website, so if you pop Face of the Globe in Google, it will come up. It's like the first thing that comes up, which is great. Uh, Snapchat, Face of the Globe, again, is just Face of the Globe, and I'm Emily Martin, Team Face of the Globe 2016 on all these social medias. Instagram, Twitter, um, we both have YouTube accounts, so there's if you're ever interested in finding out about Face of the Globe, jump onto their YouTube. They have videos of this year's event and previous events as well as like the talent section, the gala speech section, heaps of different things on there. And I also have a YouTube channel where I post heaps of videos to do with Face of the Globe and helping out girls. I also have a video on charity fundraising and all you need to know about Face of the Globe. So there are probably some great videos to check out. And then we also have Periscope. Not sure if you've heard of Periscope, but it's an online video streaming site where you can make, like you post live videos and people can jump on and join. That's awesome. Well, Emily, thank you so much for your advice. And I mean, for on behalf of Face of the Globe and like how much money you raised, thank you for all of your effort there. I know it wasn't easy, but it was certainly worth it. And it touched a lot of people's lives. So again, all my respect to you. Great job. I know that our listeners felt the same. Thank you so much, Stephen. Want to ask your questions to the title holders and professionals we interview? Become a VIP girl today and get unlimited coaching from the pageant planet. Plus, ask as many questions as you'd like for only $47.